the Bible Study Podcast, episode 636. Today, the Bible Study Podcast begins a study of the book of Galatians. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. We're going to study Galatians here, but we're going to get a running start. We're going to deal with some of the things that happened beforehand for two different episodes, this week and next week, and then we'll jump into the book of Galatians. And there's a reason for that, which is when we get into Galatians, there's a conflict going on about how Jewish Christians need to be. And so we're going to look at some of the source material here that Paul is going to be referencing some of the things that happened ahead of time, and those are going to be from the book of Acts. So we're going to start today by doing a study on Acts chapter 10. And Acts chapter 10 is sometime about 10 years after the death and resurrection of Jesus, and Peter and John have been going out uh, preaching, and the various disciples have been scattered from Jerusalem, most of them because of persecution that's happened there. Uh, the apostle James has already been killed. There's another James, James the brother of Jesus, who has become a Christian who is still in Jerusalem, James the elder. But right now, Peter finds himself in Joppa. And he's over there by what is now Tel Aviv. In fact, you can go to the house where Peter gets a vision. And Acts 10 goes like this. Cornelius calls for Peter. At Caesarea, there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion in what was known as the Italian regiment. He and all his family were devout and God-fearing. He gave generously to those in need and prayed to God regularly. One day at about three in the afternoon, he had a vision. He distinctly saw an angel of God who came to him and said, Cornelius. Cornelius stared at him in fear. What is it, Lord? he asked. The angel answered, Your prayers and gifts to the poor have come as a memorial offering before God. Now send men to Joppa to bring back a man named Simon, who is called Peter. He is staying with Simon the Tanner, whose house is by the sea. When the angel who spoke to him had gone, Cornelius called two of his servants and a devout soldier who was one of his attendants. He told them everything that had happened and sent them to Joppa. Peter's vision. About noon the following day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up on the roof to pray. He became hungry and wanted something to eat, and while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw heaven opened and something like a large sheet being let down to earth by its four corners. It contains all kinds of four-footed animals as well as reptiles and birds. Then a voice told him, Get up, Peter, kill and eat. Surely not, Lord, Peter replied. I have never eaten anything impure or unclean. The voice spoke to him a second time, Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. This happened three times, and immediately the sheet was taken back to heaven. While Peter was wondering about the meaning of the vision, the men sent by Cornelius found out where Simon's house was and stopped at the gate. They called out asking if Simon, who was known as Peter, was staying there. While Peter was still thinking about the vision, the spirit said to him, Simon, three men are looking for you, so get up. Go and go downstairs. Do not hesitate to go with them, for I have sent them. Peter went down and said to the men, I am the one you are looking for. Why have you come? The men replied, We have come from Cornelius the centurion. He is a righteous and God-fearing man 
who is respected by all the Jewish people. A holy angel told him to ask you to come to his house so that he could hear what you have to say. Then Peter invited the men into the house to be his guests. So some settings here. Peter, as I said, is at Joppa, right by what is now Tel Aviv. Cornelius is up at Caesarea, a little further up the coast. It's now a national park in Israel. If you go to visit there, you can see a lot of Roman ruins there. But he is there because that is one of the centers of the Roman presence there in Israel, and Cornelius is a Roman. Cornelius is a Roman who has not converted to Judaism, but he's called God-fearing. And what that means is somebody who hasn't converted, they haven't gotten gone all the way, they haven't been circumcised, for instance, but they believe what the Jewish people would believe. They believe in God. He has shown his faith in his actions as well. And so people know that he is a God-fearing and devout man, uh, and also a Roman centurion. And so he gets this vision that he should go send for Simon. And it doesn't say why he should send for Simon. He just knows that he should send for a man called Simon and where he's staying. And so he sends two servants over there and a devout soldier. So another soldier who is believer in God, I think is what this is saying. And they go and they find Peter. It's probably a day's walk at least to get between the two places. And so God is coordinating these two different visions such that just as these people are showing up, Peter himself is getting a vision. So Peter's vision, about a day later, then Simon gets his. And he is up on the roof of this house. And it's interesting to note that Peter is Jewish and Peter is about to do something that would violate the law. He's about to, about to go to the house of a Gentile, which he's not supposed to do under the law. But we find Peter at the house of a tanner. And a tanner, because he's always dealing with dead animals, would be unclean. And so Peter is already sort of on his way to not being quite as Jewish as he was, but he's still Jewish. He is still under understanding at this point in Acts 10, 10 years after the resurrection, is that Christianity is a type of Judaism. And pretty much everybody who believes at this point, it's a question of do you want to convert to Judaism and therefore Christianity? And so Peter's on the top of this house of the son of this tanner, who he probably wouldn't normally be there. And as he's on the roof, he gets this vision. All of these animals lowered down in a sheet and, you know, rise and eat. Well, I can't eat these things. They're unclean. Don't call things impure that God has made clean. Well, that's going to be the lesson that we're going to get here as we go on with this. And just after this sheet rises back up in heaven, he's thinking, what the heck is going on? And somebody calls out for him and says, hey, are you Simon? We've been sent for you. And so they go down and he is told, go with these guys. He doesn't know why. Simon doesn't know why. But he is supposed to go to Caesarea. So he goes to Caesarea. And the next part here says, the next day Peter started out with them, and some of the believers from Joppa went along. The following day he arrived in Caesarea. Again, a day's walk. Cornelius was expecting them and had called together his relatives and close friends. As Peter entered the house, Cornelius met him and fell at his feet in reverence. But Peter made him get up, stand up, he said, I'm only a man myself. While talking with him, Peter went inside and found a large gathering of people. He said to them, you are well aware that it is against our law for a Jew to associate with or visit a Gentile. 
But God has shown me that I should not call anyone impure or unclean. So when I was sent for, I came without raising any objection. May I ask why you sent for me? Cornelius answered, Three days ago I was in my house praying at this hour, at three in the afternoon. Suddenly a man in shining clothes stood before me and said, Cornelius, God has heard your prayer and remembered your gifts to the poor. Send a Joppa for Simon, who is called Peter. He is a guest in the home of Simon the Tanner, who lives by the sea. So I sent for you immediately, and it was good of you to come. Now we are all here in the presence of God to listen to everything the Lord has commanded you to tell us. Then Peter began to speak. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right. You know the message God sent to the people of Israel, announcing the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. You know what has happened throughout the province of Judea, beginning in Galilee after the baptism that John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. We are witnesses of everything he did in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They killed him by hanging him on a cross, but God raised him from the dead on the third day and caused him to be seen. He was not seen by all the people, but by witnesses whom God had already chosen, by us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one whom God appointed as a judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on Gentiles, for they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. Then Peter said, Surely no one can stand in the way of their being baptized with water. They have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. So he ordered that they be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they asked Peter to stay with them for a few days. If you were listening to this and you are a Christian who is not Jewish, uh, who doesn't follow the Jewish dietary laws, who doesn't deal with all of those things that it meant to be Jewish to Peter as Peter grew up, you can thank God that this happened. This is basically the beginning of what was Gentiles for Jesus, uh, the beginning of the understanding that that God intended people who were Gentiles also become Christian without becoming Jewish. What doesn't happen here is they don't convert to Judaism, they convert to Christianity directly. Uh, And this is when this happens for the first time. Uh, And that's significant, as we'll see as we continue on, because the argument of do you have to be Jewish to be Christian doesn't immediately go away. And they're going to, we're going to deal with the Council of Jerusalem where they settle, quote-unquote, this matter next week. But then when we get into Galatians, Galatians is going to be dealing with people called the Judaizers. And the Judaizers are people who, years later, are telling people, are following up behind Paul as he goes to the Gentiles, saying, oh, no, no, you need to become Jewish. You need to follow all the Jewish laws. And so that's what the book, the main struggle in Galatians, is going to be about. 
which should have been settled here in Acts 10, or at least in the Council of Jerusalem, which is coming up in a bit. We'll do that next week. So, But Peter comes because he's told to come. He doesn't know why. Simon sends for him because he is told to send for him. He doesn't know why. But he has a lot of anticipation. He gathers together a large group of people. And so Peter does what Peter does. Peter preaches. Peter preaches about Jesus because that's what he does. And so he doesn't know why God has sent him, but it becomes obvious because while he is speaking, the same thing that happened in Jerusalem 10 years ago on Pentecost happens in this room. Not just that they receive the Holy Spirit, but they receive the Holy Spirit in a way that is obvious to those who are here. And that's very important because all the people who are with Peter understand that God has moved in these people and that God has accepted these people because the Holy Spirit cannot dwell in a place that is not holy and it can only be made holy through the blood of Jesus. And so God accepts them first and then they baptize them basically into the church as a way of recognizing that God has already given them a baptism, that God has already adopted them into his family. And so the baptism here is them saying, we know that you don't have to do anything else to become Christian. You're Christian, and we're going to name you that. And again, we'll see why that's important in a bit. But with that, we're going to end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions, send an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com, or better yet, leave a comment at this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com. And thanks so much for listening. Dedicating time each day to spend feeding our minds and our hearts the truth of God's Word is immensely helpful in our growth as followers of Christ. I'm John Stonge, and each day I host a show called Daily Devotions with Pastor John. On the show, I spend just a few minutes taking an applicational look at one or two verses of Scripture before coming to the Lord in prayer. If you'd like to make a habit of spending more time meditating on the truth of God's Word, You can listen to Daily Devotions with Pastor John at lifeaudio.com or on your favorite podcasting app.